Hello, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Now, we are not live, so do not text the show, please. But you can follow us at Frank on the Radio on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us via the Absolute Radio website. So all that is still, you know, functional. Hello, guys. Hello. 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 I just I, Because obviously I can't see you, it, there is a little little sparkle happens on the left ventricle of my heart when you reply. Because I think, oh, they're there. They're there. So many things can go wrong. Well, it's lovely to hear you. Salway, Frank. Yes, I tell you what it makes me feel like doing the show like this. I am, for those of you who are, um, who don't know how we, I am literally sitting hunched over my linen basket with a laptop and a microphone. And um, I, uh, I feel like, do you remember you used to see those in films? There was a bloke somewhere in Africa, um, like a, a sweaty white guy somewhere in Africa in khakis, and he was on a, like a shortwave radio <laughs> mm-hmm. t- trying to get through to someone in, uh, in Zimbabwe or something yes. like that for help. Um, that, that's what it feels like. It feels like one of those, one of those radio hams or whatever you would call them. Except but for I like the John it. Lewis laundry basket. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? It might you know what? I think it might actually be a John Lewis. Did you recognise that from the photo or was that just your instinct? I think no, she just pu- categorised you. I'm very good at things like this. <laughs> yeah. Um so, you know there was a cricketer um called John Lewis who had a brief spell um for England before he went back to county cricket. And he was a bowler and they used to say no. John Lewis never knowingly under bowled. That's which good. I really, oh. I admit, it was so perfect. That was but, a great um, moment when the person just, said just, that. Just wasn't, uh, just wasn't quite good enough. Um, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, I watched, um, I, I, I'm sort of trying to give these up now because they can drag you down a bit. But I've been watching the, um, you know, the, the sort of nightly um, press conference that yes. Dominic Raab or someone will preside that's oh right. yes, yes, and they usually get a lady on of some kind. They always have a lady you know, in a skirt medical. suit. Well, normally they do because obviously because with twenty twenty, you know, you got to mm. uh, show a bit of uh, show a bit of variety for people. Um, and you <laughs> I'm know, sure that's not why they're there. Variety? Anyway, no, you along. know what? I, mean? I bet that's part of their planning. I mean, but Frank, what I like is exactly one of the downsides of this. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, but yeah. <laughs> what, what was great is the other night I watched it and it was Dominic Raab in the middle, Chris Whitty, the, uh, I think, chief medical officer, and Sir Patrick Valance on the other side. They've all become like characters now in my comedy universe. Yes. But the three of them, and they all stand in front of these little um, lecterns. Yeah. <laughs> and they had one shot of the three of them all in one shot at, at an angle and it really looked... <laughs> Like a very low rent craftwork gig. <laughs> oh man, it made me so happy in the midst of a, a lot of, of horrible information. Yes. I mean, they 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 um they do drag you down a bit, the, the guys. But I mean, you know, they get asked questions. <laughs> the guys. I- if I could ever think of a trio that I, that would be le- that anyone would be less likely to refer to as the guys. Well, I've yeah. come. I've come. To it would involve Sir Patrick Valance. Well, Patrick Valance gave me one of my 
highlights of the uh, of the whole crisis, if one can have a highlight of a crisis. Mm. And that was when he spent about 10 minutes talking about slides that no one actually viewing it on telly could see. Oh. So he talked in detail about these uh, invisible slides, and I, di- I did enjoy that. It's good to know that even the experts... And also, they're going to make Frank, mistakes. Let, let's make them televisual. Sorry, darling. Do, do you find Frank with... Um, know, hold on, I've called you, darling. Um... I'm sorry about that. It just came out. No, that's theatre. It's fine. I grew up in the (laughs) theatre. Do you find with SPV, as I think we should call him, to give him a superhero feel, I think he he always says, and the next slide, please, and the next slide. And he gets a bit medical conference, bless him. Well, I'm sure he's done a lot. I bet he's um, he's stood in the light of an OHP (laughs) on many, many (laughs) occasions, Patrick Val. In fact, I think that's when he looks at his best. Mm-hmm. Is from the slight glare of an OHP <laughs> and that, <laughs> that that kind of a sound. Perhaps yeah. I'm perhaps I'm projecting, but when I hear him saying "and the next slide, please," I start thinking, "Oh, maybe he just can't work the stuff, but he still managed to get promoted so high because he's good at the job." Oh, but you're projecting! Just... I didn't know you were involved. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So um, have, have we heard from um, that desolate wasteland we used to call the outside world? <laughs> uh, well, we've had, we've had lots of um, correspondence in from our readers. I love our readers. No, and I'm, I'm honestly not just them. saying that. We need them now more than ever. We need you. Mm-hmm. I actually so- stand, stand on my front step and applaud them at 3am every Tuesday. <laughs> That's nice. No one else has noticed. I don't know what they think that sound is. <laughs> yes, because and also the three a.m. applaud time slot is normally reserved for the tabloid journalists, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Um, Simon Jones has been in touch, and I well, love a former England bowler. But carry oh, on. Right. I love a good. missive that starts re rose petal baths. Oh, Hi- yeah. Hi, Lockdown Pals. I was just catching up on the recent shows and your Rose Petal Bath segment. Yeah. Do you, do you remember that, guys? We talk, I think Al pointed out the fact that Madonna, in her sort of a little uh, piece to camera that she did about the coronavirus, she was sitting in a bath where um, <laughs> rose petals were um, nestling on the surface of the water. Okay. Like a Monet. It was like a strange yes. Monet. Yes. I think she they were also, rose petals. And I, th- I think she got away with this, but she repeatedly referred to the coronavirus as the great equaliser, which I think is unfair on Edward Woodward. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Um, anyway, Simon continues, your rose petal bath <laughs> segment reminded me of something that will horrify Al. Oh. At, a ho- at a hotel I stayed in, in the... UAE they had a menu in the bathroom and a rose petal bath cost £300 whoa what's the point in that yes get out of town (laughs) what is the point in that when you get out they must all be stocked to you and stuff yeah okay let's let's come clean here you're paying a lot of money for a mess aren't you You let's come clean here you know when you sleep rough in in a public park (laughs) Yeah. No. Have you ever had that thing when you get petals on your stuff to your <laughs> clothes the next time? You and your relatable comedy. Um, 
three hundred pounds for a rose petal bath. Let's let's just come all come clean here. How much would you spend on a rose petal bath? I'd spend seventy pounds probably. I, what? I might, I'd pay someone a pound to get the rose petals out. <laughs> yeah. Elvis sense. Presley, in, when he was at his most, Elvis Presley sent the guys <laughs> into town to buy every light bulb they could find in Memphis, and they brought them all back. And he had them placed them all in his swimming pool, so they were just bobbing up and down on the surface. They more or less covered the entire surface of the pool, and then he sat with an air rifle and uh, <laughs> shot every one. It took him like about a day and a half. Shot every one. Obviously, the more you shoot, the harder it gets to uh, to, to hit them because the, you know they are they are more sparse. And then he had to pay something like. $10,000 for a company to come in and clean the pool and get all the broken glass out the bottom. Yeah. Oh. But what, you know, what's the point of having all those uh, top 10 hits if you're not going to uh, indulge <laughs> I just a like, of your uh, fantasies? I like the idea of Lisa Marie coming in saying, Daddy, and he's saying, I've got a lot on. I'm very busy. Exactly. <laughs> I have, I'd like to think him being a loving father, he might uh, let her have a couple of goes himself. Oh, we love, he loved Lisa maybe, Marie. Maybe some fairy lights for the children. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's a harder target. Now you, now you come to mention it. Maybe a standard lamp. Standard lamp at the deep end for Lisa Murray. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> on Absolute Radio. So who who else has uh, has been in touch? Um, well, we've had a message from at Kyle Driver. I'm guessing it was probably on the Twitter, or it might mm. have been the Insta. And um, and I think it's about your announcement of a. Um, a poetry podcast. It says, "Does this count as a poetry news update?" Um, <laughs> wow, I've got to say that is a man who is elbow deep in the in the folklore of this radio show. Yeah. About it's probably five years ago. Mm -hmm. I bought a, a an app. Um, which was called Poetry News Update. And I thought I'd be getting regular <laughs> alerts about what was going on in the poetry world. Um, after about day four of nothing, I thought, either, I mean, every, you know, you get a quiet news day in any genre. Yes. But I thought there must be a bit of, you know, a local reading or something going on. So in the end, I found out it wasn't operational and I got my 69p back. For, from the uh, from the app, that people. was a dignified moment in your life. Yeah, it was. Every <laughs> app then used to be sixty nine p. I don't know if that yeah. still exists. I would always think of he that went as and the app it. price. He, he spent that sixty nine pence elsewhere on a haiku. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I have. While we're on the topic, um, I am. I've got a um, this. I think it comes out on Monday, the twentieth. And a poetry podcast, which um, is nothing to do Excellent. with um, the current crisis. It was going to happen anyway. It's just me talking about poetry. I thought, you know, I'm, I like to be uh, commercial, if possible. It's I the most exciting thinking. news I've heard. In a, I was so excited about this. And what I, was, what I loved is that when I, I read the announcement as it came through, Chortle News Poetry mm. Update, um, it's had a quote from Frank saying, I will be like Coleridge's Ancient Mariner. Oh, excellent. And that's one of my favourite poems, number one. Number two, I thought, well, that's very appropriate because by mm. this point, 
you probably do have a glittering eye and a long grey beard, I would imagine. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm doing pretty good on the shaving. I actually sent off for, um, for razors because I thought I could just go completely Jeff Bridges or <laughs> I could, you know, I could keep, try and keep it um, clean shaven. And, and I've decided that I have, I have bought, um, I, I've got clippers on the way. I'm going to start cutting my own hair. I mean, just think if that comes off, if that works, that's going to save me, um, you know, £26.50 every three weeks. (laughs) Can we just say, because you you never like to um, toot your own horn too much. No. But the poetry podcast. It's over now. We can can hear it from next Monday. Yes. Available on. It's Bauer, Bauer, who who own Absolute Radio, actually asked me to do. I mean, it's incredible. This is a commercial company. It does, you know, commercial radio. And they said, you know, what about this poetry podcast? And uh, so I'm doing it. I mean, it's it's an incredibly self-indulgent labour of love, vanity project. I'll be straight with you. Well, yes. And the the podcast in particular. But you know what? I loved doing it so much. Oh, I'm so happy. This makes me happy. And also, I see this as your equivalent of Elvis shooting the light bulbs. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is a bit that, yeah, except uh, I'm doing it with a, um, a rather beautifully ornate crossbow, <laughs> um, which, uh, which is flower, flower laden. It's actually, it's part of the uh, 300 quid rose petal crossbow offer, <laughs> which Amazon have on at the moment. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So um, I, I went out. I went out this week. There is a time that would have been a very stock beginning to any anecdote on this show. <laughs> yes. But now it sounds a bit like I was I was on this terrifying ride at Alton Towers and blah mm-hmm. blah. Um, no, I, I I had to go out. It was a, what do they call it? It's a necessary uh, journey. Necessary uh, or exercise or yeah yeah. Mandatory, I think they call, or no, not um, mandatory. Yeah, essential. We'll call it essential. Yeah. Anyway, I put my I put my mask on. And mm-hmm. it was a beautiful day, I must say. And I was thinking, this is going to take me an hour, this journey. I started, even in the midst of a terrible um, pandemic, I started to think, what about my tan line? <laughs> if I walk for an hour in this mask? That's a good point. Yeah, I'm going to look like, like a muskrat or something like that. Sort of, um, a sort of a lower face version of those people that go skiing and come back with a skiing tan, don't they? Like yes. they have the goggles. Well, you know what I'm going, boys? I'm going boxer dog in reverse. Nice. Oh. Thank you. Well, there's an image. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> and they make a lovely uh, egg cup, if you can get them to do a headstand. Oh, God. So, yeah, when you think, when you mention it, Batman, he must, that must be a problem for Batman. That one reason, <laughs> you'd be suspicious of Bruce Wayne, wouldn't you, if he had a really tanned lower half of the face. That is a good point. Yeah, I wonder how they get round that. Well, I mean, can we just clarify? Maybe by, by night, he's a night person, to be honest. That's why he goes out at night, of course. That's oh, yeah. why he operates mainly at night, because the tan line... Um, give you've, away. you've rumbled it. I was so going to Robin... suggest that perhaps in the comic book world where people don't recognise somebody if they put glasses on, that it's mm. less of a testing environment. 
No, you're probably you're probably right. Robin tended to favour. He didn't he have a sort of Lone Ranger, just the eye yes, mask yes. he went well, for, the, the, the original cooling Robin, eye mask. Yeah. But again, there's a nasty uh, tan line waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, I know. if they appeared, these gentlemen, in civvies in real life, I mean, their identities would be immediately exposed by the white bits on their face. Yeah. Well, exactly. So I, um, I think, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I think everyone's face is better either in the top half or the bottom half. Oh. And I think my bottom half of my face is better than the top half. I mean, the throat has got a bit, you know, obviously as I've got older, the throat can be affected by wind. And I don't mean <laughs> mine, I mean <laughs> God's. Um, it can move. But hmm. when I put that mask on the other day, I thought I'm, I'm losing out here. Those people who's the top half is, is better they will benefit from the mask, um, the mask thing, which is uh, right. becoming so popular. What, what are you, Al? Top or bottom? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think I, Al is top. I think Al would be good in a in a face mask. Uh, thank you, Auntie. Yeah. Thank I think, you. I don't know why I'm thanking you. <laughs> I say this. I'll be honest. I can't really remember what either of you look like. <laughs> well, I think I'm definitely prefer my top half. Shut up. Did did I actually say that out loud? (laughs) Oh my God. Do you remember those Halcyon days? I don't know about you, but I used to listen to Johnny Walker more or less every day on Radio 1. I had no idea, no idea what he looked like, nor did I ever make any attempt to find out. And I was happy with that. And I, 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 I bet everyone listening, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they don't know what we look like. It's it's for the best, let's face it. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. I've been as as a sort of uh, an added measure when I've been out the house, a safety thing, I've been wearing those um, big foam rubber pointy finger hands that the crowd used to wear on gladiators. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, because it's obviously it means if you're handling stuff, you're not directly getting any um, you know, any droplets on your hands. Yeah. But also, um, it's quite a good social distancing <laughs> thing. I'll bet. Yeah, I just um, <laughs> you know I just generally point at people if they uh-huh. get adjacent. So um, I'd recommend that. I think um, that That's I wouldn't useful. mind seeing those being uh, those being a bit more widespread. Those being rolled out. For the, uh, yeah, rolled public. out. He was good, wasn't he? I love that James <laughs> and the giant peach. <laughs> Can I ask a question? And this, you know, normally when we do the radio show, I I come in in a someone drives me in, you know, a, a, a Uber or something of that nature, a mini cab. I'm going to call yes. it that. A driver. And obviously, I'm not doing that now. I, I assume um, that mini cabs are still operating out there. Out there in the um, the yes. outside world, how do how do you do the six Thank feet? Thank you. I do very dist- well. <laughs> how do you do the six feet distancing thing if you're in? I suppose what I'm saying is the stretch limo going to suddenly save mankind? That thing that we thought was the most trivial, <laughs> superficial <laughs> thing. 
That is what we need. If we ever needed yeah. the... Yes. Well, we never needed the stretch limo. It was always a luxury. But now I feel it's the stretch limo. Yeah. Well, the stretch limo had become largely the preserve of the stag and hen community. It really had. Yes. And also one very angry driver on the M62 that I had a road rage <laughs> incident with once. Oh, oh what really? happened now? Uh, I don't know. He was behind me and then he went to pass me. And you know when you look out your car window and you sort of tut a person for having been driving angrily behind you? I did that only to then realise that it was a left-hand drive, so the driver was right next to me and saw me totting. Oh, wow. And and then he went really mad and kept sort of driving at me and doing crazy overtakes and stuff. Oh, and uh, and I pulled off on the M62 near the uh, corn mill in um, in Brighouse, Murfield, and did a spin around a roundabout oh, yeah. and jumped back on <laughs> for any fact fans. What, to get rid of him? Yeah, you actually lost him. You did I that lost thing him. of losing him on the... Wow. I lost him at a roundabout that I knew quite well, yeah. Wow, the level <laughs> of Partridgean ask... detail in that. The, ro- the motorway names, the yeah, place but, names. I my... mean, also, my question would be, how well can you know a roundabout? <laughs> aren't they all very... You should talk to them in your day. Of a, aren't they much of a much muchness? Of a muchness. <laughs> but, but do you remember Circ- when... They're generally circular. I think you you observed that aggressive drivers. This is back when we used to go places and and meet up yeah. and all that stuff. Well, I used to drive. Was the, it was a lot of Audis. It's yeah. So this this worst. This memory seems quite like I my biggest road rage incident was with a white stretch limo on the M62. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> My favourite thing that happens in cabs, no, is Frank Skinner. Um, you used to always get into the front with your driver. And the only other person I'd ever seen do that was Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> do yes. you still favour that approach, Frank? In that great documentary. Um, no. <laughs> no, basically. I, um, what I, I allowed myself to become um, very friendly with a few uh, drivers. And I, that was an error. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, yeah. I think there's a reason. It's a reason them if they wanted to eat their own lunch. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, yet another story. Great callback. <laughs> but um, I think those headrests aren't just headrests. They're they're to separate the sheep <laughs> from the goats. Wow. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Hello, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and uh, Alan Cochran. We are, it was Emily, it came out as Emily, didn't it? It was fine. Well, no one noticed. We are not live, so do not text the show. Um, we'd love to be live, but it's not technically possible, apparently. Um, but you can follow us at Frank on the radio on Twitter and Instagram or email us via the Absolute Radio website. I'll tell you what I do miss. I miss um, the jingles. Yeah. Yes, I do. I, for some reason, technically, apparently, I can't have jingles, and uh, I, you know, I miss being having. Maybe I'll just start singing the ones that we used to. I'd sort of forgotten about Buckle it. Buckle up, everyone! The other day, um, those magnificent men in their flying machines was on daytime television, and that was a jingle I used to use. <laughs> that's the sort of trombone at the beginning that goes. Uh, <laughs> those magnificent men. Um, so it did make me think of it, but um, 
Yeah, maybe we'll have to do some uh, live ones. Yeah. We also um, should perhaps illuminate what I was referring to just before we had that little break there. Um, oh, the sandwich reference. Yes, yeah. when I... Yes, Ali. The driver uh, may be taking their lunch into their own hands if they get too friendly with you. Yes, I was going to a uh, an event. I was interviewing um, several key members of uh, the Doctor Who team, including um, Peter Capaldi, who was Doctor Who at the time and uh, was the Doctor, and uh, Stephen Moffat, the, the the showrunner at the time. And we got into terrible. I was in the back of a car. And we got into terrible traffic. Um, and I was really annoyed because the bloke had gone quite a stupid way. Uh, even I knew that. And um, in the end, I said, I've got to be straight on stage. I'm not going to have time to eat anything. And he said, well, look, I have got my sandwiches in there, which, are, you know, you can have those. And I think it was one of those offers where people say, um, um, I'll tell you what, let me, let me give you, you know, let me pay for that. When yes. they wait for the, uh, no, 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 I wouldn't hear of it. And I no, suggest no I, was inbuilt. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I said oh, okay, and um, <laughs> I I actually ate them in the car. I suppose that was the worst <laughs> thing about it is he could smell them and they were lovely. He said his wife. He was a Romanian guy, and he said his wife had done this Romanian ham, and it was oh man, it was it was great. But it did you could smell it, so it must have been uh, torture to be sitting hungry in the car as I chomped my way through. But you know, hey, he should have um, should have checked the old directions. Wouldn't have yeah. happened. Okay, that's that out of the way. <laughs> Anyone who was uh, starting to think from the first hour that I was nice, thought we clear. No, you're all right. You're all right. No, you're anyway. We do. Yeah. You are Frank. We do think you're nice. It's just sometimes you do behave. I mean, in fairness, that is again quite. A crocodile Dundee thing to do. I think it was just a slightly gauche thing to do, not recognising the social contract. Mm. Yeah, but he did offer. He did offer. That was his mistake. He shouldn't play those kind of bluffs. Yes, yeah. but when you, I say to you, do you want me to bring anything if I'm coming over, I don't expect you to say yes, a beef wellington. <laughs> do you no. see? No, that, no. I do like a beef wellington, though, I must <laughs> yes. say. Yeah. Did anyone watch Quiz this week? I, I'll eat a beef Napoleon as well. I don't want anyone to think I bear a grudge. <laughs> yeah. Did I? Did we watch what? Sorry. A uh, Quiz this week. Which... I've seen. I've seen the first episode of of uh, Quiz. It's. I've seen all three. Oh, don't like well, to it's... show off, but you know. Good You've on. done the triptych. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, it's the coughing I... major. Is it's more sort of infamously referred to as, isn't it? Scandal. Yeah. It's about the the great Who Wants to Be a Millionaire um, scandal. I mean, that was why I held off. See, I wasn't going to watch <clears throat> it at all, mm. and because I've got, well, I'll be straight with you. I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, as you may know, earlier, <laughs> earlier this year, end of last year, and only won sixteen oh. grand. And also the charity that I was. Um, competing for have since been involved in a tremendous sexual scandal so that didn't help have they um oh, yes God. so it was so morning I, everyone I've, I've got bad feelings about um <laughs> about uh, who wants to be a millionaire just at the minute 
What bad no, feelings about the show at the minute? <laughs> well, <laughs> charity. I, I, as I said to people, they, they, the, the producer said, we've got high hopes with you. You know, you're a bright bloke. And so I was really built up. And then at the end, when I only got 16 grand, they said, uh, your car's going to be another 40 minutes or so because we didn't think you'd be finished this early. <laughs> and that was, oh. That In was fairness, it was just that the bloke was around the corner hiding any food that he had. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. I mean, I was quite shocked that there is a a um, a drama about who wants to billion. There's already been a massive movie about who wants to be a millionaire, hasn't there? Has there? Slumdog Millionaire was about that, wasn't it? It's about <laughs> oh, a guy yes. doing who wants to be. I mean, you know, it's it's a good program, but I'm surprised it's considered worthy to have two different. There was a stage play and now a TV series and a movie about, you know, a quiz show. I'm surprised. No offence to anyone involved. (laughs) Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So, um, I I do. I I, I liked um, the the first episode of Quiz, but I do think... Are ITV now going to start making a lot more dramas about ITV because they did Scylla and all that, which is oh, essentially yeah. an ITV thing. Are we going to see Red or Black, the movie? <laughs> <laughs> the disaster movie. What about, <laughs> um... Michael Sheen would be quite a good aunt. Yes. Do you? Michael they... Sheen would be quite a good anyone. Yeah, but if he's got a bit of the aunt already in him. If I mean, they yeah. could build him a, a forehead that they, you know, they could extend that. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, how far will ITV take it? Are they going to do Man Oh Man, the movie? <laughs> well, they've already got a Tarrant. He didn't. He, he was in that, wasn't he, Tarrant? Imagine That's when right. Michael. Yeah. And what well, did you ever see Man Oh Man? I loved Man Oh Man. I think it's a tragedy that it's not on anymore. I mean, mm. tragedy. That's probably stretching it. It's probably um, on BritBox. But you know, pushing them in the pool when they don't like them doesn't get better than that. It was great because that was. Do you remember Hole in the Wall? Which oh, I was, yeah. uh, Do I remember it? They asked me to host that, and Did I, they? Said, I said uh, no, and they got um, Anton de Beck. Anton de Beck? Yeah, we, we're up for the same things a lot, <laughs> me and Anton. Yes. Um, the good thing about if they did uh, some, if they did say, you know, one of their biggest, if they did uh, Britain's Got Talent or something like that, the drama... The irony is what you'd need is someone who looked like Simon Cowell to play Simon Cowell, and that would rule out Simon Cowell. <laughs> oh, life can be cruel, can't it? <laughs> I think what would be a di- I know now I come to casting at an ant. I think would be quite easy. Deck. Deck's a harder cast, yes. isn't it? I I don't know what I. I don't know what Deck looks like, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I think you only recognise Deck in the in relation to Ant. Mm-hmm. If I saw Deck out on his own, I don't think I'd spot him. It's only only oh, if I saw like, Ant on his own, I would. That's like me and my dog Ray. I think you people think? only would ever know who I was via my dog. Mm. Or oh, Frank Skinner. <laughs> well, I think it's. I think there is. Often you get a member of a double act, which is a bit 
It was a sort of a bland, almost like a control in the experiment. Yes. So Mike Winters to Bernie Winters, Ernie Wise to Eric Morecambe. I think me to David Baddiel to a certain extent. Are you the control? Yeah, I'm the sort of wash. You know that wash you put on at school? You used to put a, a, a light wash on the painting before you start putting in the, the actual figures and stuff. I'm mm. that, I, am, I was David Baddiel's backdrop. For, uh... um, what do you think? I, mean, I think you're probably one of the exceptions to that rule. I'm not having that. I think you. No, I mean, for... I mean, bland in appearance. Yes, uh, I know. Obviously, yeah. I was. Don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, my wit was dazzling. I'm not. Not about that. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what they had in quiz? And it was something. I thought it was brilliant. I loved it, and the script was fantastic, and there were brilliant people in it. But there was something. You know how you have that thing about thrillers, Frank? With there's a torch outside the room, and you actually have a. You can't bear to watch oh, yeah. it. Mm. I have that with any foreshadowing. So anytime there's a sort of Cassandra moment, a nod to the future, a sort oh, of yeah. humorous nod to the future. Oh, so, I you know, that. like in the in the Beatles films where uh, the Beatles, what kind of a name is that? And then you right. cut to Shea Stadium with, you know, Screaming Girls. Mm-hmm. Yes. I can't bear oh, things shut like that. Up, shut up, Leonardo. Next you'll be telling me that silver birds will fly in the sky containing people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do hate that. Um, I have to say, um, Emily, I'm a great man for owning up to my ignorance. Um, and um, I, I, your Cassandra references is something I've heard said before, before you said it was very Cassandra-like foreshadowing. Mm. I don't actually know what that ref- is a reference to. Respect. Is it, is it classical? Uh, yeah, respect. Cassandra was um, a figure from Greek mythology and she was it was, her, it was her sort of terrible destiny to know the future and, so she, and to never be believed, essentially. Uh. So she, oh, okay. so she was the sort of no, don't, don't that this terrible thing's going to happen, and no one believed her. So it's there's a, like a thing that called a Cassandra. In Wuhan. <laughs> yes, yes. There's it's a Cassandra complex you can have as yeah. well. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Anyway, wait, 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 quiz. Anyway, back. Meanwhile, back back at quiz. So those moments we were discussing, those sort of foreshadowing. That's my phobia when I'm watching a TV thing is anything like that Frank you just mentioned that reference to Leonardo I think there's one in Titanic where someone says who's this artist Picasso he'll never right. catch on yeah, this guy yeah. ice anyone do you need ice <laughs> yeah. stuff like that going on <laughs> and we spent a lot of money yeah. on that anchor it better and- not be a waste <laughs> Quiz definitely wasn't that kind of show. It was very knowing and it was funny. It was all these things. But inevitably built into that story, there are those moments because it's part of the narrative. Yeah. So I just found myself I can one think point, of one. One has sprung to mind when you mentioned it there. Well, I don't know if it was the same one. I, I like bet to it think was. We're in the same pod often, you and I. But there was a moment when they were in the studios and there was a workman fixing a light. And he whistled, who wants to be a millionaire? Yes. Was that the moment you were thinking of? No, I wasn't. I was thinking of when they first met Tequin Whittock or whatever it's called. (laughs) And he said, yes, if you can get me on the show. (coughs) And he coughed and I thought, oh, come on. So, uh, we know he's the coughing guy. He doesn't need to cough. 
um, straight away. But I know, no, I, I did, I had that one as well. And it's so difficult because when I got the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and I saw him sort of smile and I thought, oh, okay. But it's it's my problem. I appreciate that. I just get very triggered by those moments. So Well, no, maybe, I, maybe it's part of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire law that mm. that is how they came up with the title. Maybe it did actually I believe it, but yeah. Well, I think it was called something quite bad prior to that, wasn't it? Was it was called Cash like Mountain. Cash Mountain, yeah. Yeah, Cash Which, Mountain. And yet they, they couldn't come up with a title for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It reminded me of, um, there used to be a comedy double act who always wore pyjamas called the Pyjama Men. Very funny. I remember. And yeah, they were funny. They came on our show. They're, they're really good. Um, but when I first met them, they performed in pyjamas, but their name was Sabotage. And, then, ah. and they thought, we should really change this because everyone keeps calling us the pyjama men, I think. There must have been the... a lot of people afterwards saying, I wonder why the pyjama sabotage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How great is it, though, change. guys, to have Tequin Wissett re-enter society again? Because, I mean, he was a great sort of minor celebrity for a while. He went on the after-dinner speaking circuit Did he? for a while. Amazing. Can you imagine saying, well, Surprised look, the bad news is... worked with him. <laughs> Al, the bad news is Chris Rock's unavailable, but the good news is... <laughs> and I he would have got me. up, wouldn't he, and he would have coughed oh, almost yeah. immediately, and that would have got a round of applause. And he wouldn't have been able to resist that. Round of applause? That was his act. <laughs> yeah. He just came on and coughed, and then he said, take in with it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So, I, like I say, I've only seen the first episode, but when... We don't want to spoil it for you. No, <laughs> well, I tell you what I did think, though, is that when uh, Tequin Wittek coughed on our first encounter with him, which is sort of through, through Hedgerow, I think, if mm. I remember rightly, it did make me think, oh, they're going to try and suggest that it wasn't a scam after all. Yeah. Because yeah. once you've set him off as a coffer, yes, yeah, then I know they were trying to fill their uh, <laughs> coffers. If you um, <laughs> oh, once you um, once you set him up as a coffer, then you are giving them the benefit of the doubt to some extent that he yes. maybe just coughed all the time. And well, indeed, it was very sympathetic to them, wasn't it, Al? Very, very to to the irk, may I say, of. Mr. Chris Tarrant in the media this week, who, who said, you know, he said it was very good, but he also said they did the big, I'm not spoiling anything, but they do the big speech of the, um, of the defence lawyer in, in court, but not of the prosecution lawyer, so you don't get the sort of counterpoints. So it's very easy to come away thinking, oh, I think they might have been a bit hard done to there. Um, mm. not, does, not from Chris it, Tarrant. He said... He said that the guy was, and I quote, a rotter, a cad, and a bandit. Okay. Bandit? Ma- that's oh, what he called that's him, That's an a insult bandit. you don't hear often, is it? You absolute bandit. I mean, I don't think you hear rotter and cad very often either, but... <laughs> Wasn't there a chocolate biscuit called a bandit, or have I made that? It was. It was, Frank. Yeah, maybe you meant that. Lovely memory. But none I of like- those seem that illegal compared to cheater of a million pounds, do they? <laughs> 
<laughs> Chris Tarrant, I would say, is one of the most... I have met him several times. He's one of the most no-nonsense people is I've he? ever met. Is he? He will not be listening to my poetry podcast, I would predict that. He's so oh, really? no-nonsense. He just I remember he got he was he was doing um, the breakfast show at Capital Radio in London and he, he, he parked his car and he was on his way to his car and he got um he got mugged and I said I heard that you got mugged and he said uh, some little man came up to me, some young little man and said, you know, give us your watch or whatever. He said I just laughed in his face. Uh, um <laughs> And he said, come on, mate, you know. And he said, I just, so, I thought, go away. He said, and he just went away. And I thought, mm-hmm. that is the supreme confidence of Chris Tarrant could get him really? through anything. It's really. Yes, he is. And he, he I was going to say, he is very much a cigar smoker. And indeed, he is a cigar smoker. Right. That does not surprise me. Yes. One but thing he, that I had forgotten was that he was quite an infuriating questioner. And I think they brought that back well. I think it's easy to forget that he was quite an infuriating questioner, um, a role which is now being taken up by the journalist Robert Peston, I think. Ah. Well, Robert Peston has a bit of the Jeff Goldblum about him, in that <laughs> oh, his stresses yeah. and intonations are not what you would call regular or oh, commonly used. Oh, give me an used. example. I, I so, well, we can't, in the we way can't Jeff... actually give you an example because his questions last way longer than any that we're <laughs> yeah. allowed to do. But briefly, so it's saying... Yeah. Um, when we are learning about the <laughs> um, um, su- supply of um, material for the uh, front, front, front line workers, it's all like that. You think what you've got? You've got the wrong sheet. You're on. You've got the lyrics, but you're on the wrong melody, mate. <laughs> It's fair. And Jeff Goldblum does the same thing. It's it it becomes. I think people kind of like it as an affectation, but I'm 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 against it generally. There's a reason for those stresses, and I think we should um, respect it. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Um, one thing about the coffin major um, case is, like I say, I'm, I'm only a third of the way through quiz, but I understand that. They are now thinking that of the possibility of a retrial. I mean, can you base a retrial on an ITV drama? It seems to be. <laughs> and also, I don't know if they're expecting the, the prosecution to be asking multiple choice questions <laughs> that they can, uh, they can cheat their way through. I don't know, but it's... It can't be anything, can there, in the drama that means that they... Are, could get off with the case. No, no I don't think so. I think they've been. I think they've essentially never. They've always maintained their innocence, and so I think their lawyer, as a result of this, which they were very pro. Charles Ingram was tweeting all about this, saying something like it was excruciatingly wonderful or something. But their lawyer said it's scientific advances will help them win. I'm I'm interested in the science of science. of that. I think there was an argument that they um, ITV supplied the court That's with the clips it, yeah. that they used. The and I I think what they did is um, 
and I don't think this was necessarily dodgy. I think it was just to help people to hear it. Is yeah. they cranked up the volume a bit on the actual coffin, which made it sound, you know, very loud and clear. Mm-hmm. I have the uh, figures in front of me, Frank Skinner. 193 oh. total coughs, and of which 19 were deemed to be, they called, referred to them as particular coughs. Yeah. So, you I'm know. I'm really hoping that Morse code was involved in this <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Tequin lost it at one point, Frank, when he went, <coughs> no. He said yeah. no. He didn't do that, did he? He yeah. did. He went, like <coughs> no. Eric, Eric Morecambe, <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> it's very like that. No. Oh no. Well, they can't justify that, can they? I mean, I, I know they're human beings and they deserve their, you know, their their mm. right to um, defend themselves. But I don't. I don't want them to be innocent to you. No. <laughs> Completely ruin, ruin everything. Also, they didn't go to jail, and it was nearly twenty years ago. Let it go, guys. Just do something else with your time. Yeah, let it go. He had to leave the army. They've got a bead stall now in a market. Did he? Have, did so... he have to leave? The, they got yeah. a yeah. bead stall. What they just sell venerable they sell beads. bead <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> no, suddenly I'm warming to them. <laughs> imagine if we found out. Oh, I mean, I nah. hate to say it. But they are the sort of people that I can imagine... Well, Tecmo and Whittock would definitely be a venerable bead fan, I reckon. He'd be aware of his work, put it oh, that I way. Think, I should think. Well, they'd know, they'd know enough. That's it. They sort of know... Those quiz guys... I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sure there's probably a lot. Listen, I'm going to generalise. Not all. <laughs> but there is a sort of quiz guy who <laughs> knows loads of stuff but understands nothing, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yes. yes I mean, I, there's, I... There's, there's, there's knowledge and there's information i think yes. there's different things but i, God, I, overall, I hope Stephen fry isn't listening <laughs> <laughs> overall i would say worth sticking worth completing um the triptych frank because yeah. i i think it's a a fine show it is but there was a terrible there was a bit of a boo-boo made that night oh, by this the continuity announcer this was my... I heard about this. Yeah, this is Did very you? good. Oh, yeah. Well, you know so you said, thought it was bad. You just called me Emily. Yes. <laughs> well... But you, d- you don't want to call Michael Sheen Martin Sheen. <laughs> I mean, on a continuity announcement. But, of course, people, you see, people are on lockdown. That, that's probably somebody who, who generally tears tickets for the audiences that are coming in and stuff like that. They're probably moving people around <laughs> in their job. Give these people a break. Could have been worse. It could have been Sheena Easton. <laughs> I mean, the name. Frank Skinner. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. We're not live. I know, it's unbelievable, but we're not. So don't text the show. But you can follow us at Frank on the Radio on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us, of course, via the Absolute Radio website. Mm. Very well put. Um, we um, we tiptoed onto yet another chasm, a big divide between how you and I are living our lives last week, Frank. <laughs> Not only am I uh, an outspoken secular atheist and you a follower of the Nazarene, mm. but it turns out that um, you still prick your sausages and I'm uh, chuck them in without without so much as a fork going near them. 
Um, yeah, we I were was genuinely that. surprised about that. I really, really, really believe that if you mm. don't prick the sausages, that they split and they look they they come out with what I would call open wounds. Well, How we, many um, times do you do it, Frank? I do um, four on on each side. So I'll prick them four times and then turn them over for well, another four. In which case, that's very fitting as the uh, as something... I call myself more of an agnostic, that I am the... Uh, I do it twice. OK? Ah. OK. You're in between okay. the two of us. Yes. What a rich <laughs> tapestry of a show we've got here. Yeah, who would have thought that, 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 that pre-oven sausage treatment would echo our religious beliefs? <laughs> anyway, at Diggory has got in touch with some interesting information. I thought he was killed in the Triwizard Tournament. <laughs> he says, or she, I don't know what um, oh, yeah, gender... Diggory is during. Diggory. Imagine dating someone called Diggory. Diggory's coming over later, so. Um... I mean, if I may say so, Diggory, it's the sort of name that you'd find in a Tim Key poem. To be perfectly honest, during <laughs> World, odd. I hope he's. I really hope he or she is a doctor. Can I Maybe. tell you what it is? I'll On let the you... driving license, it would say Diggory <laughs> Doc. I'm afraid it is very much Diggory, the sort of name you would actually find in the fastest finger first, one of those chairs on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Back to Alan in the studio. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this. Um, Diggory, if I may call you Diggory. Is it the surname? Suddenly it is like public school. Carry on, Diggory. Oh, can that remind me? Can I just, can I just, can I just, um, can I just um, bookmark this? That yes. that moment of using the surname. I was watching the Freddie Mercury tribute concert this week with. Oh, because Boz is a fan, isn't he? Boz, my Boz, my seven-year-old is is a big fan of of Queen. So we watched it. Um, it was on at Wembley in somewhere like ninety something, and um, it was uh, it was it was some great stuff. I tell you something about it. George Michael doing oh, um, somebody don't. to laugh was absolutely that, mind-blowing. He knocked but it out anyway, of the park. But Boz um, had never heard of Axl Rose. So Axl Rose comes... Um, they do Bohemian Rhapsody and Elton John does the... Uh, Mama, I just kill... All that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then for the... Axl Rose explodes onto the stage and... <laughs> Boz was going, wow, who's that? <laughs> and because he's got an incredible voice. I said, that's Axel Rose he's called. And he didn't quite hear me. So after he said, uh, that bit where Rose came, he's Rose going to do another thing. Oh, nice. And I thought, does he think he's some sort of 1980s barmaid? <laughs> but he just called him Rose. And it was like we were at public school and Axel Rose was in one of the lower forms. What I like is it's also foiling Axel Rose's plans yes. to be a sort of anarchic and known as Axel. Mm. Yeah, so he's, he's taken the greasy metallic part <laughs> yes. of him, the Axel, and replaced him with the, the rose. The rose by any other name. Lovely word. Apparently word, he, used, he used to bathe with people for 300 quid a time. <laughs> oh. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I've got really excited now about that. I've, I can I just say I have never been um, much of a Queen fan, and certainly never much of a George Michael fan. Dare you? But I'm going to say it again: watching that George oh. Michael do um, "Somebody to Love," it was absolute. I didn't know. You know, it's not easy to cover a Freddie Mercury, but wow, the notes he was hitting and everything was just brilliant. 
Light review. Here we are. But it's on Sky. It's on catch-up on uh, Sky Art, so check it out. Man. I watched that George Michael clip on a very regular basis because I love it so much. And I was a fan, and I still am a fan, as you know. Um, but I, that means a great deal to me. This is a thing we share now, you see. You can understand my love of George. Thank you. Well, I, I tell you, it blew me away. I'm just thinking these links are going to go great on absolute 80s. <laughs> oh man, they love us <laughs> At last We've said something that people who listen to Absolute 80s could actually Care less about That's I, mean, I think the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire quiz Will do well on the Absolute Noughties Won't it? But um, the gig, you know, the, one of the weird things Going back to, I know we're still We're still, still mid-diggery if I remember we rightly are. Um, but, um, as, as, as the archaeologists say, <laughs> no diggery. But, <laughs> but um, going back to the millionaire thing, one of the weird things about watching Quiz for me was that David Liddermont and uh, Claudia Rosencrantz, who were two of the characters uh, in it, I, you know, I knew them really well. I worked with them yeah. on a weekly basis. And it is a bit... you with oh, them all, haven't have, you? Have I reached an age now where people I've worked <laughs> with are in drama? They've been portrayed in dramas. <laughs> the Did people you, you've worked so, with are historical honest, figures. Of no. Be honest, Frank. And you're amongst friends here. Was a part of you slightly annoyed that the staff were, be, were having their lives portrayed in the drama? <laughs> well... <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I have to say that those two were uh, amongst the nicer TV executives. Yes, they're nice stuff. I'll good. tell you what I like about um, David Liderman. He was a very much, he'd come from Coronation Street. And I find a lot of the people who came from the Coronation Street stable were really nice people. It must have been a great place mm-hmm. to work up there. I don't know, mm. what about Diggory? Oh, Diggory. Diggory, yeah. come on. Let's, let's get back, back at, to Diggory. Back, yeah, back at what Diggory. I like to call Sausage Gate. Um, during, Diggory tells us. Can I us stop during... you again, actually? Can I just stop you one more <laughs> of time? Of course you can. On the I'm calling this the Diggory effect. You know, I'm going to call this from now can, on. Frank. This could be the longest ever uh, text we've <laughs> it's ever It's the Diggory but... effect. No, well, I just thought about do something do else. I'm currently. Um, reading uh, to Boz, I'm reading him um, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And mm-hmm. it suddenly struck me, uh, Harry Potter is really, really brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a light review. Wow, that is I'm a light review. I'm halfway through it and I thought, you know what, JK, if you're ever worried and, you know, if you're ever, if you're ever rat with doubt, trust me, it's really good stuff. Yeah, just mentioning. I'm, oh. I'll be honest with you. I edit out quite a few um, adjectives, but I, that's picky. Carry on. Diggory. Meanwhile, Diggory's had five birthdays <laughs> since he was last mentioned. <laughs> and they tell us during World War Two, when meat was more scarce, sausage makers used to bulk out the sausages. This made them more likely to burst. Thus, the name bangers, and it's a hangover oh. from that. The need to prick them, as it were. Mm. Well. Okay. Good info. Well, good info to know that people in the uh, in the butchery business, um, at a time of national crisis, were basically stabbing people in the back by putting <laughs> rubbish in the sausages. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that, guys. Whereas now they're all so pure, the sausages, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. 
One of the, the, the great things about doing this show, though we're not doing it live, we're still hearing from our loyal readers, which is great because that, I know I've started saying this every week, but it, that is such an important part of the show. So um, who else have we, have we heard from? Yes, and you won't all get the uh, the diggery treatment in terms of <laughs> no, the no. deep forensic analysis of your name. Um, we're big fans, by the way, diggery. This is from Clive Bryant, who is one of our regulars, very long-standing, loyal uh, reader. He has a whatever happened to. Do you want to improvise a jingle, boys? Okay. Whatever happened to. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> People lying on a bed of nails. Oh, the old fakir. Clive continues, you used to see this a lot on TV. I seem to remember it was even discussed on Blue Peter how practitioners of this craft, question mark, are able to filter out the pain messages. It popped into my head while lying on the floor this week trying to self-message a back problem. He said self-message, but... I, I know, but I'm, I'm, I was going to sick that because you know. I don't know. He might be. Job. He might be a. He might be a droid. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe using a just, tennis ball. Just, he just sent a text um, to that particular muscle. Yes. Well, um, it was. I thought it was quite a, an endearing typo. But trying to self massage a back problem using a tennis ball. One of yours, Al. It oh. is. I do that sort of stuff all the time. Although, to be honest, could... tennis ball is kind of entry level. I now do two hockey balls in a sock sometimes. I actually just lie on a on a Dalek. <laughs> we know about that. That's, That's very so bad. Spe- My special, back is. We know specialist about... interest magazines. You're a big fan. <laughs> uh, okay, so what, what does he. Oh, the so other, Clive's the asking. Is it, you know, that, that's I mean, what happened to, he's asking us the question. But this is mm-hmm. what I mean, you see, about our, our readers. I mean, that is, I, of course, it was, there was all, people were always going on about it, and it tended to be fakirs, so these Indian mystics. And it was a way yeah. of proving that you could reach a plane, a, a plane of consciousness where phys, the physical was no longer relevant. So you could lie on a bed of nails. And you used to go to, like, fairgrounds, and there yeah. would be you could pay to see a bloke lying on a, on a bed of nails, but I, oh, I you still do, it. don't you? <laughs> I, I actually pay to do it, um, I, and I sleep on my sleep on my stomach. Um, I know, it, I, but you're right. I'd forgotten about it. There must well, be. You never see them, do you? Um, in junk you, shops or anything. Bed. I tell you nails. what. You still or, or bed shops. No, exactly. Not nowhere near the waterbeds, I hope. (laughs) I tell you what, though, what does still exist, um, and I have come across, is the running over the hot coals. So why the survival? Because that's very much part of the self-help sort of, you know, modern day, like California guru. It's become become Mm -hmm. a new agey thing. Why, Why has... You know, why the survival of the hot coals and the nails have fallen out of fashion? I think because so many people in the new age world are making a nice living doing acupuncture, (laughs) they're anxious that people will start doing their own at home on a bed of nails. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Of course, it's, it's great as well if you have any letters come in the night or bills. You can just put them on. <laughs> That's something you never see anymore, is it? The big, the big spike in the office with bills oh, in it. I miss the spike. 
Oh, strange. Any other uh, pointy things that you don't see anymore? Um, let, <laughs> let, let us know. Yes, not keep, you, madam. Keep, keep it daytime. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. There's been another little bit of um, late review news in in the papers this week. I don't know if you saw Paul McCartney has uh, has brought up Sir. the fact... Sir Paul McCartney, my apologies if he's listening. Uh, he's brought up the fact that, in his opinion, the Beatles were better than the Rolling Stones. <laughs> in in a hold the front page moment, uh, and and he thinks that quite often the Beatles did stuff, and then shortly after that, the Stones would kind of copy them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have to say, one of the examples he gave, which I wasn't very impressed by, was he said, well, we went to America and then they went to America. I thought, right. you can't really prove much there, can you? <laughs> we're going to get one of the Pilgrim Fathers in the paper next week <laughs> saying the Beatles copied us. <laughs> yeah. I think going to America for English bands was a thing that was happening yes. before the Beatles, didn't Yeah. You? Well, he said he was being interviewed on Howard Stern, 1996. Um, But he did say, I loved it, Al, when he accused him of copying them and when he was saying whatever we did, the Stones did shortly thereafter. But but I did think, I know what you mean, Frank, because I do think musically, I I would say, I hadn't noticed the Sergeant Pepper Satanic Majesty's request um, similarity. Well, I mean... Yes, I mean, at the time, obviously, I actually remember these albums. Um, that mm. it was, it did seem fairly blatant, but I remember it was said at the time, um, by I think Keith Richard in an interview, or not at the time, maybe later. That yeah, they and he was had, very on it at the time, he was sharp yeah. as, as anything. <laughs> <laughs> that they had Satanic Majesties, the album, all signed, sealed, and delivered before, um before um, Sgt. Peppers came out. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, Besides, I think Satanic Majesty is a great album in its own right. It's, it's, I've got to tell you about this. I, um, I've got a, 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 a box with a few old school books and stuff like that in it. And it's got a hat. You know those paper hats you make when you just fold a piece of paper and it comes out? It's a bit like a sort of an admiral hat when you finish oh, yes, doing I know. it. I've got one of those, and I've got written on it in crayon a few things, but one the biggest thing is, I love the Stones, the <gasps> Beatles are rubbish. Oh. It's got written on it, which is, I don't, I mean, I don't think that's true, but I was sort of shocked at how much more I liked, because I remember liking the Rolling Stones. When I was at school, I was in a band where we just did Rolling Stones songs, and I just basically did an impression of Mick Jagger. Did um did R. Keith have a similar hat which said um, I love Bloodwind Pig, the Blood Beatles Wind are rubbish, and the, and the, and the pretty. <laughs> um, I think he might have led me into thinking the Beatles were a bit mainstream. Yes. And stuff oh. like that. Yes. But the the rivalry was was I remember uh, John Lennon being very going on about in an interview the fact that he was a proper sort of you know gang street lad from Liverpool, 
and right. um, they were all working class lads from Liverpool, and they were seen as the squidgy soft ones, whereas the Stones, who were all from places like Cheltenham and went yes. to the London School of Economics, yes, they were the cold were play, seen as they? the sort of dangerous <laughs> ones. Yes, yeah. I noticed. I mean, I, lo- I love a bit of Sir Paul, but I do notice when he was listing all their achievements, he didn't say, I mean, I re- released a song with the Frog Chorus and, you know. Mm, oh, no, well. but, you know, but looking back, a lot of people would be very happy just to write that song. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. Yes. So, you know, he's a top man. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I, um... I once I had a very awkward situation with uh, with Sir Paul McCartney in that I, I met him at a do. I met him a few times. He told me and Kat to have a child. I don't know if you remember that. He so did. we did. We just don't think we can. Uh, you can disagree. Is he a nice man? Because I do adore him and I want I, confirmation I like him. that he's fabulous. But I tell you what I did. I, there was an anecdote that I was telling a lot at the time about. Um, it was I won't tell because it's a long <laughs> anecdote. It's a good story, but it's long. <laughs> and I started telling him, and I realised about a third of the way through it that you just you can't you don't have the time to monologue to a man of that stature. Right. That he will only give you so much time before he has to speak. Mm. And I found myself trapped. In this um, <laughs> in this anecdote, and him looking at me and looking around the room, and in the end, I just said, "I'll forget it," and I just oh, literally didn't. abandoned Why it. Did and we you had do a, that? it wasn't his fault. It was I should never, I should never have had the audacity to think that Sir Paul McCartney would listen to anyone else for that long. Did you actually say, "I'll oh, forget it"? I did say, "Yeah." Without I, you sounding, know, make of that. Did you sound grumpy, do you think? Or? No, no, I, I think I just acknowledged the fact that I'd made a, a, a faux pas. He was fine <laughs> with it. That's good. Well, I like this story because it, it made me think... I, I like the fact that what he's not doing is what you're supposed to do. And I always like people that don't do what you're supposed to do, which is the false modesty and the sort of disingenuous dismissal of his greatness. I uh-huh. like that he mm. said we were better. Yeah. And I thought I mean, it, yeah. Go on. I think they were both fairly brilliant, to be honest. I mean, when I was a kid, the Beatles were so popular. When I was at school, at, at infant and junior school, that even people who didn't like the Beatles liked the Beatles. Yeah. So mm. even though I'd written on the hat, the Beatles are rubbish, I still collected Beatles cards and got the records and stuff like that. You couldn't not like them. There was a level of... Popularity, oh, which no one has now, I don't think. I do find those people perplexing that say that they think the Beatles are overrated. I find that odd when people do that. Yeah, but that's mm. like people that say, I don't have a telly. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I just cancel those people, never to be yeah. spoken to again. What, what are they up to, those people at night? <laughs> I know a few of those people. <laughs> I mean, unless we've had an enormous row and we're having to clear, clear up the mess and talk it through... Mm. I'd say it's at the centre of my relationship with Kath is us watching something on the telly at night together. You know, right. just the right level of conversation, not too much conversation required, but you feel you're sharing mm. something. I think one of the highlights of my week is each week mocking people that are on the Antiques Roadshow with my wife. That's oh, yeah, one of that my is... favourite things to do. Well, if you ever look on Twitter, you are not on your own. 
<laughs> I, I, I hope the people on Antiques Roadshow do not look on Twitter, although <laughs> it will break. It will absolutely break. I live hearts. according to the principles of the husband on Sylvania Waters, uh, the reality docudrama from several years ago, who walked into the room and said, is there any good reason why the television isn't on? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> So, look, um, obviously it's not as good as radio. Now, thank you um, <laughs> so much for listening this morning. Um, and I'm going to do a shameless pog, plug. Um, I'm not going to do a shameless plug because, um, no, no that, I, I can't face the court case. Um, but um, yeah, listen to my um, poetry podcast. And if you, it's half an hour. And if you don't like it, you need to listen to it again. That's the deal. Thank you, uh, guys. Thank you so much for listening to us this morning. And if the good Lord spares us uh, and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now stop in. <laughs>